Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. How, how safe do you think our skies are? I think we probably assume Canada would have a good safety record. But a report came out today by the National Transportation Safety Board on a near collision that happened at San Francisco's airport in April of 2015. And it concluded that the two Air Canada pilots coming in for landing came within three to six meters of crashing into a couple of planes on the tarmac, planes with a lot of people inside. And apparently the pilots got confused, both very, very seasoned, but they got confused because they were fatigued. And they say that this report should be a wake-up call for the federal government to properly address pilot fatigue for overnight flights. Listen to the audio of those Air Canada flight uh, pilots as they come in. Air Canada 759, confirmed, clear to land, runway 2A right. There is no one on 2A right but you. Okay, Air Canada 759. Where's this guy going? <laughs> He's on the taxiway. Uh, United 1, Air Canada flew directly over us. Block uh, 1591, Air Canada flew directly over us. Yeah, I saw that guy. Ooh, fun. <laughs> I am the worst flyer. I am terrified. I'm just, from takeoff to landing, I am white knuckling. So when I hear this kind of stuff, frankly, it worries me. And a lot of people say, ah, don't overreact. But apparently, it happens more than we know. Mark Lawrence is a former pilot with uh, Air Force pilot, flew with... Uh, a number of airlines for his life. He's also with the Canadian Pilots Association. He joins me now. Mark, what's your initial reaction uh, to the report that came out by the National Transportation Board? I think it really just highlights how out of date our uh, hours of work rules for pilots are in this country. Okay. That's, I yeah. think, the biggest one. That was the, so the fatigue. How, how problematic is it? You know, when I fly, I'm not a great flyer. I expect that the team... In that cockpit, they know what they're doing, and they are, they're doing their job right. Is it a bigger problem than we know of? Well, I, I think the, the, the people in the cockpit do know what they're doing. They're well-trained and qualified. They're really competent people. But you can't um, – I guess the problem becomes if you have someone who doesn't get a good night's sleep before, they're up at 7 a.m., and you're expecting them to be awake and performing at a really high level at 3 in the morning. That's, that's a really hard thing to ask a human being to do. It just it falls outside of the capability for human performance to stay awake that long and maintain the level of performance that you need. Um, and you speak from a level of, of of competence. You've done this. You've been. You've flown your whole life. Uh, you know, professional life. So you you know what it's like. H- has this been an issue, or was this an issue when you were flying? Yeah, I, I came out of the Air Force in like '97 and, and uh, started flying. And these rules, uh, the current rules, a year after they came into being. And I was flying for a little night operator, a night freight operator. So we flew packages around for, uh, you know, shipping companies. And 
and yeah, it, it was really hard. I mean, we were, we were, it was a good company, but we did fly to the limits of what the, the, the regulations allow, and it was really a challenge to stay awake. Fortunately, they had good standard operating procedures. The, the people were well-trained, but you really shouldn't have to worry about fear of death to keep you alert in the morning as you're doing an approach down to minimums, and you're literally scared you're going to miss something and kill yourself. That, that's no way to, to live a life. No, and the particular incident we're talking about happened in 2015. This involves two very seasoned airline pilots. They had lots of experience, but they got confused uh, about the tarmacs. And essentially, they almost crashed into a bunch of planes on the tarmac that were also full of passengers. I mean, it could have been, and it came within, what, six meters of being a massive uh, catastrophe. Yeah, and, and I think that just points to... You know, here they are. It's three in the morning for them. I, I can't remember what the first officer, how long, if he had a good night's sleep or how long he'd been up. But I know the, the captain had, didn't have a good night's sleep and he'd been awake since seven in the morning. And, you know, he they look out the window and they can't figure out the picture. They know something's not quite right, but they just can't figure it out. And they can't remember that the NOTAM said the other runway's closed. And, and it takes them, you know, they're asking the control tower if their airplane's on the runway because they do see lights and they're told that it's all okay. But, you know, when you're, when you're impaired by fatigue, you, you don't function at the level you need to. So, yeah, they got really close to a disaster. But maybe, you know, if you think about... Uh, you know, because that airplane arrived at an airport and the situation wasn't as they expected, you know, one moment was closed, mm-hmm. you know, and then they got into trouble. But how many times do pilots arrive at an airport at 3 a.m. and nothing, nothing bad happens, nothing abnormal happens, and they land. But they're just as impaired, but because there's nothing there to test them or to, you know, <laughs> so nothing bad happens. Like, right. So you don't get, you don't get a, a situation like a, a bird uh, kill and, and you get screwed up and then all of a sudden you're, you're commanded into action. I mean, but stuff happens when you fly. I mean, how many of these close calls do you think are happening that we just aren't hearing about? Uh, I've, I've heard it happens fairly often. I remember talking to one fellow uh, who said, you know, the guy literally fell asleep on approach into Charles de Gaulle. You know, it's, it's like, three or four in the morning Toronto time and they're on the autopilot in descent and everything's calm and quiet and he nods off you know so that's that's not an ideal situation so this is not something that has not been known the issue of fatigue in airline travel has been I think on the radar now for for a number of years so what is going to happen what needs to happen well we we need to update our rules and, and unfortunately uh NASA, you know, the National Aeronautics and Space Administration, they came out with a recommendation around uh, hours of work for pilots in 96, right around the time that our current rules were proposed or came into force. And, you know, they talked about doing a 12-hour day and a 10-hour night as, as reasonable limits. You know, and that's that would be ideal, I suppose, but that's probably a bit much of a, a leap for the industry to make today. Uh, you know, they would, they would, they've, the, the segments of the industry that have opposed these changes have been quite vocal about it and successful, frankly, in delaying change. Um, you know, to, so to make a leap like NASA recommended it probably isn't something you could make happen. So I think Transport Canada came up with a reasonable compromise. I think you can argue in some places it doesn't go far enough. Yeah, I have heard, though, in circles that Canada's, you know, uh, you know, well, I think a lot of people assume that Canada's got the safest and strictest conditions, uh, you know, for pilots flying, that we aren't much better than some third world countries. Is that true? Uh, that is true. I, in my time at Transport Canada, I went to the 
meetings held by the International Civil Aviation Organization, and they, you know, set standards for international air travel. And you know, we, were, I'd go to these meetings, and we base, I'd be basically laughed at, or Canada be laughed at, because our flight duty time rules were so out of step. And this is, you know, 17 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so yeah, we've we've known a long time that there. It, when the rules changed in the mid 90s, it was a real fight. I've heard it described as a bloodbath. And so it was very difficult to, to make those changes happen. Um, so there wasn't a real appetite in the department to take on take on that uh, that change. So when the uh, Buffalo, the Colgan air crash in Buffalo yeah. killed 51 or two people, you know, and, and the International Civil Aviation Act, uh, Organization acted and the FAA, the Federal Aviation Administration in the States, they, changed, they went around changing their rules and, and everybody else has gotten on with it. And we've been... Uh, <laughs> slightly slower in getting our act together. I guess, uh, are you confident that changes will come? I believe truly that Minister Garneau wants to have changes come. I think right now the file is with the Treasury Board, and I don't think he sits on the Treasury Board to, to give a thumbs up on that package. And I think they've been talking about it over the last couple of months, a couple of times, and I don't know if it's going to happen. Jeez. Well, I'll be sure to book in the morning. (laughs) That's what I can say. Mark, I've got to leave it on that note because I'm up against a clock. But thank you so much for joining us. Yeah. Isn't that nice? Oh, when he told me that, I was like, oh, yeah. So book in the morning. All right. And I'm Alex Pearson, and this is Global News Radio.